Hey, what's happening? Episode 105. I am Shane, and I am here today with Jose Galasson. I had to put that little enunciation in there to make it sound cooler. Uh, <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Jose? Doing all right. You got to put a little stank on it to make it, yeah. uh, to put that uh, little uh, reggaeton or whatever the fuck on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, doing good, doing good. Um, yeah, just had a couple good episodes this week. Me, I had you on. I had uh, James Gentleman. I've been having a good week, some good conversations. So good stuff. Yeah, that's good. So I guess t- returning the favor, here you are on my show. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, just to kind of get right into it, and uh, kind of wanted to let people know who you are uh, because I'm, I don't even remember exactly when it happened. Um, but I know that uh, a whole bunch of people, I guess, in the quote unquote liberty movement, you can say. Uh, we're invited to be a part of this Facebook group uh, called the Liberty Movement. Um, so can you, can you talk about how that came about and what's going on with that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how that came about is I was basically a byproduct of the coup. Um, during that time, we were all cooped up. I mean, even me in Florida, I was like kind of semi-cooped up, you know, like pretty much everywhere had some form of lockdowns aside from maybe like one or two places. And uh I feel like a lot of that energy was being put into social media and I got hit up by, uh, I actually didn't know him at the time, but we had mutual friends because uh, we kind of like were in the part of the problem. Like this all kind of spurred out of the, the part of the problem group for Dave Smith or whatever. Yeah. And it was like inner circle group. And uh, it was actually Kieran, Kieran Gunn. He, uh, he's, he was the founder of the group. And uh, he hit up me and Derek Walker and um, we kind of started it up. And uh, I mean, like I guess technically Kieran was a founder, but we all were there at the beginning. So you could say me, Kieran, and, De- and Derek were the founders, if you will. And um, the idea was that he wanted to essentially create a movement, and he really wanted to like mirror it a lot of like essentially a lot of what like the left was doing, but like in a in a uh, principled type way. And like one of the things that we talked about from the beginning were like how did how do we go about this? And one of the big things we were inspired by was you know the whole quote. Um, I think it's Breitbart. It's the uh, you know uh, was it politics is downstream of culture. Uh, and so we really wanted to focus on the culture and we, we just thought that like with libertarians or or liberty minded people in in general, the greatest thing that divided us was politics. So we wanted to have a space where, you know, we wanted to focus on the cultural side of things. And so, yeah, we built that. It grew really quickly. I mean, admittedly, it's lost a a lot of little, little bit of energy because we have, uh, had all the, I mean, censorship that's gone on like crazy around the election and stuff. And uh, yeah, um, we've created a lot of chapters and such. We probably need to really, you know, focus on that again. But a lot of things have spawned out of that. Um, we also kind of created a YouTube channel where the idea was that we wanted to kind of also take that same spirit, where we had the um, the cultural, I like uh, cultural non political spirit in there. And uh, I was one of the ones who started up. I kind of immediately started that up um, and kind of use that energy move forward. I got we got now we got. We got me with my No Way Jose channel. We have a uh, we have a um, like a Christian anarchy channel, and then we have uh, we have a guy who does like gun stuff, and mm-hmm. then we have a like a movie review from like a Rothbardian perspective type stuff. And none of those really ever go into like political. None of, none of them are like you know going to who they're voting for or this. Just kind of go like principles. It's kind of very cultured. Um, and we are we're always looking for more. So if there's anyone out there who has something that fits that, like say you want to do like a sport and you just Say you just so happen to be a liberty-minded individual and you wanted to support the podcast, hit me up, you know, get going. But it's a little bit of an aside. But yeah, that's kind of the idea. I mean, most of those people have their own channel as well. So, and then if they have like political takes, they'll put that on their own channel. For example, like I have my own channel as well. 
and uh, I have political stuff. So like, if you want that extra content, you have to go to my channel. But we just kind of want to have like a, almost like a variety thing with that, like that 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 spirit of that. Because like I said, that's like I feel like the biggest thing that divides liberty-minded individuals is because when you look at the left, and you look at the right, they're usually pretty much on board with, hey, we're gonna vote for the dude with an R, or we're gonna vote for the dude with a D. But now you get with uh, you get to the liberty people, and it's like. Uh, I'm not going to vote, uh, or I am going to, or I'm going to vote Libertarian, or I'm going to vote Republican because this reason, or I'm going to vote de Democrat for mm -hmm. this reason. It's like that's the biggest dividing factor among us. And then you're like, well, you're a statist. No, you're a statist. And it's just like that we found that not to be productive energy. And we just thought, like, if we wanted to create some sort of movement, that was the way to do it. And yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's it, it seems that um, with that whole thing that you're talking about, um, how there's this divide with people when it comes to, politics i mean it's going to be like that forever and so when you have a group of people like the liberty movement uh, group that you know they they look at other areas that they can talk about like you're saying with uh movies or uh you know tv or, or whatever um i think that's really important i mean there are people i mean like a big example like with you know eric july being what he's doing definitely uh hitting the the cultural realm uh, with with uh, what he's doing and all his work, and of course Dave Smith with you know being a stand up comic and the podcast that he's doing, you know, so kind of going into that cultural realm is very important. And I think it's not just oh let me tell you about uh, economics or something like that. Like let me tell you about the tax rate or whatever blah 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 blah. Because not everyone every, whenever people hear about taxes, nine times out of ten people is gonna be like you know they're gonna fall asleep or something like that. Um, so like when it comes to those type of things that you're talking about, have you seen any progress with what you've been doing and what everyone else has been doing in the group? I mean, I feel like it's hard to gauge progress. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things that, um, you know, um, I had, had an idea that it kind of slipped my mind, but it's one of those things that's kind of almost like intangible. It's hard to gauge, but like I said, we created chapters. Like for example, during the middle of the whole COVID thing, we had like the Florida chapter, we had a meetup. Actually, the Tampa subchapter. We had a meetup. Uh, we're actually in the beginning stages of probably planning another meetup. Uh, I mean, we're in Florida though, so it's not as impressive now that we don't have the whole COVID thing going on. But uh, we're, we've actually found out that Sal the Agris is in that area, so we probably mm -hmm. might do some sort of like 3D printing slash like crypto like show and tell type thing and hang out. So that'll be kind of fun. I know that Oregon chapter had a lot of uh, got a lot of stuff going. That was kind of like my bread and butter is I really wanted to, especially with all the lockdowns, like really wanted to create like in-person meeting because, well, I do think it's cool to use the, the uh, this like the energy that you get from social media and use that inertia. I kind of wanted to use that inertia to get to real world shit because if things get crazy, I mean, you can't, you can't zuck in-person relationships. So that was kind of what I really, really, really wanted to establish. And I mean, I, I'm I'm I consider myself an agorist, so that's also kind of like an appealing thing to me too, is setting local networks. And that was a uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I feel like there we still work to do, um, but yeah, I, I do feel like we had some progress. I mean, there's still a pretty good size, uh, there's a decent amount of energy. Like I said, I do not like there was some weird stuff going on, on social media. I've noticed that things don't get as much traction as they used to. So I don't know if they're just like found some sort of more advanced algorithm and they're just like scaling stuff back. I mean, with that, like if you guys are listening, you are just what we're doing. We're also on MeWe. I mean, the group is way smaller there, but it's a, um, you know, that's a spot where that's way more, way more free. And so you don't have to deal with a lot of the issues you're going to have to deal with uh, 
Facebook. But the thing with Facebook is uh, there's more people there. So, you know, it's a trade-off. But, I mean, if we can get more people in MeWe, then we can get some of that original spirit we had at the beginning, and that'd be great, you know? So. Yeah. Um, so kind of, I guess, on a little bit of a tangent, uh, you mentioned that you're an agorist. For those who are listening and watching who don't know what agorist means, can you kind of describe what an agorist is? Oh, that's a that's a lot of shit right there. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a philosophy uh, created by Sam Konkin. Um, I mean, I I have like slight minor disagreements with Konkin, but for the most part, I pretty much agree with everything he said. Um, he kind of really advocated uh, utilizing the counter economics, um, and he really was a against utilizing the state in any way, shape, or form. So he was against politics in all all shapes or forms. So, like, for example, and a lot of people like to vote for the Libertarian Party and stuff. He thought that was counter and it was, it was like counter to your ends. Like, that wasn't going to work out for you. And I kind of agree. I and mean, that's a whole other longer conversation. Um, yeah, he thing that most people get out of agorism is the counter economy, which is the idea of you have the white markets, you have the, the black markets, gray markets, red markets. White markets is everything that's on the up and up. You're, you're claiming all that shit on your taxes. You know, everything's perfectly legal. It's all good. Black market is illegal. It's just like, but illegal, but moral. Like, it's you're not hurting anyone. The red markets were illegal, but immoral. So that would be stuff like, um, I don't know, like child sex slaves or hitmen, stuff like that. So, like, he was against that. That's not cool. But then the gray markets were, like, kind of like an in-between the white and the black. So that would be... A lot of people don't even think about it, and that was like one big thing with his work is a lot of people don't even realize that they're engaged in the gray market. Every pretty much everyone can think of it. They're somehow have engaged in the gray market at some point because the gray market is as simple as I don't know going to a flea market. Like if you go to the flea market and you buy some stuff at a flea market and you're paying in cash, do you really think that dude is claiming that stuff on his taxes? Probably not. So, and even then, like if you're the guy selling stuff there, a lot of times they're not even really thinking of it of like. I'm doing this as a fuck the state type thing. They just don't even really think of it. They're just like, oh, it's cash. I mean, no one knows about this. There, you'll find there are the biggest statists in the world that won't even think twice about it and, and have some sort of cash aspect to their business and not claim it. And it's like you do realize that's very counter to your whole philosophy, right? It's just, it, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of silly. And that was actually another aspect of it: how he thinks that when you're trying to push agorism, you should tr also recruit from people who are doing it. So, like for example, like drug dealers. Like they may not be philosophically on the up and up with it, yeah. but they are the ones who are practicing it. And then you also saw on the other hand, you should pull from people like say, for example, ANCAPs, ones who completely agree with the message, but may not be actually living it in the like, you know, utilizing the gray market or the black market. So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, you could do a whole thing about it because there's, there's a whole lot of different, you know, ins and outs to the philosophy. And I feel like it's a lot of where there's a lot of, confusion there i know a lot of people there's a lot of, i don't know like uh especially within like the lp types there's a lot of times they they don't understand the agorism and that's where a lot of like the arguments stem from if you are interested i did an episode with uh, with sal the agorist on my channel recently for any of you guys listening i would highly suggest checking out because like we went into kind of a lot of the misconceptions that people have and uh yeah because it's kind of hard because there's it's a whole philosophy and so then people just hear you say something and they just jump to all these conclusions and just, yeah. But we could do a whole episode on that, but I, I will, uh, I will spare you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other, uh, whole other issue to, to go into. Right. But I feel like um, I go to the basics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that, that's basically what I was looking for. You just kind of let people know what it is. And if they, you know, want to dive more into it, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting too, because like just ha- us having this conversation, you can consider this just an, an anarchist or an, like an a- agorist type of conversation because, you know, we didn't ask permission. Well, maybe I asked your permission. You asked me, you know, hey, you know, we, we had this cordial dis- uh, discussion and we an agreement that we we're going to do this. And so just that and, and us having that discussion, that's ba- we didn't have the state. At least I hope we didn't have the state, you know, listen to our conversation. I mean, who knows at this point, you know, in these days, you know, but as far yeah, as I, I know. You an air to get on here, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, but <laughs> but just like when you're on the street, you know, you're you're, ta- you're walking around, you, you talk to someone, like you, you, you talk to a, someone at the store or whatever. I mean, that's that's an anarchist type of discussion because it's just between two people that are having a discussion. And then if they have this exchange, you know, and it's, it's like, it's like simple economics. He's like, well, I have this uh, thing that I have like $5, for example, like money. And then you have something that I want, for example, like an apple or something like that. I'll give you the money for that apple. And then we have that exchange. So it's kind of that, that similar type of thing. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty interesting, I think. And if people want to, again, look more into the agorist type of uh, philosophy, they can definitely do that. Yeah, quick aside, if you do really, or if that's something that is interest to you, it's super easy reading. It's like Konkin only ever made two books, and then a sort of a third, but it was actually compiled from notes. So it's it's really, really short. It was compiled from notes, like post-mortem, by one of his fans, and they kind of sort of wrote it wrote it for him in a sense, Like, but they mm-hmm. used a lot of his notes for to kind of build it up for him. But yeah, he had the New Liberty Hymn. New Libertarian Manifesto was his first book, and then an Agorist Primer was his second. And then um, there's Agorist Class Theory that was made by uh, Wally Conger, but then he used notes to kind of like – because I guess that was kind of something – I'm pretty sure – I'm talking about my ass a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that was kind of something he was working on around the time he died. So Conger sort of finished it for him, but he used a lot of his notes to do it, and he obviously used his own stuff as well. So – but yeah. And all very, very, very short books, so – Oh, so yeah, there you go. For anyone who's interested, they can definitely go and check that out. Uh, so I guess kind of going back um, and then, you know, talking about how the whole Liberty Movement thing kind of evolved from all the COVID lockdowns and all that stuff. Can you talk about, since you, you're in Florida, can you talk about that whole experience and how uh, COVID restrictions are in Florida and how it's been? Oh, uh, Florida uh, right now. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, if I compare it to before COVID, it fucking sucks. But if I compare it to other people and like what they're going through, not bad. Um, yeah. Most places I go in, here in Florida, I mean, okay, I know a lot of people think of Florida and they think it's the wild, wild west and we're not wearing masks, we're not doing anything. And that's not the case because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't know the legal ins and outs, but I'm pretty sure the state pretty much just like, for the most part, kiboshed all the restrictions, just gone. Mm. But a lot of people don't think of like, yes, okay, they did in the state, but every you got every county you got every city you got you know every whatever like every little ordinance and stuff so pretty much everywhere in the state still has like mask mandates and stuff like that but they're like it's not enforced like uh every store i go in usually has a sign that's like mask required but then you go in there and like probably depending on the spot like pretty much the more corporate it is the more it like is kind of enforced but even not really forced like socially enforced in a way where it's like, say, for example, if I go to my local like supermarket, which is like uh, a large brand, it's Publix. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a very regional thing. They're a pretty large brand. Uh, you go in there, and most people are wearing their masks. But if you go to like a smaller, more mom-pa place, almost nobody's wearing their masks. Hmm. Uh, and even then, even when the public, there's probably I'd say like that public. I said probably like thirty percent of people aren't. Hmm. And so, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely like I'm definitely glad I'm in Florida for sure. I mean, most places I don't wear it. There's very few places I wear it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have my kids with me too, and I'm like, don't put that shit on. That's stupid. But <laughs> I mean, if anyone ever came up to me and was like, "Hey, uh, you need to wear a mask in the store," I would either leave or I would go, "Okay," and I'd be like, "My bad," and I'd put it on, and that'd be it. You know, like I'm I'm not one that's going to cause a problem about it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just I guess that's the way I look at it. I know a lot of people say that might be a property rights violation, but I mean, and if they if if someone has a rule in their property, but they even a rule, it's kind of like dice. Dice had this thing about like. If you're on the highway and it says a 60 miles per hour, but everyone drives 70 miles per hour and no one gets pulled over unless you go over that, is the amount, is the speed limit really 60 or is it 70? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of the same idea there. So, and don't get me wrong. If anyone ever said, Hey, you need to put on a mask or you need to leave, I would either leave or put on the mask. Cause I do, I do believe in property rights. It's just, I feel like that's kind of a gray area. And a lot of people try to make it out like that's some sort of property rights violation or some shit, which I think is silly, but yeah, and kind of going with the whole mask debate and everything like that. I mean, just the fact if you you wear a mask and or like not wearing a mask, and the people who wear a mask, they'll look at those people who aren't wearing a mask and they think that they're you know the whole you're trying to kill my grandma and all this other stuff. You know this this like I don't know they they really exaggerate and everything like that. But it's also interesting too because. And, and I know we've mentioned this before on our show countless times, so I'm sure I'm repeating myself. To, I'm sound, pressing like a broken record at this point. But like when this whole COVID thing was coming out at the beginning of the year, or in 2020, I should say, like Nico and I, we, we were wearing masks at the beginning, and people were looking at us like we were crazy. Like, you know, we were on like some kind of killing spree or something like that. Why are we wearing a mask? Were you crazy? Because also, I don't know if you remember this, but – and it seems like forever ago, but they were basically saying COVID isn't really this big of a deal. Like, stop, you know, you don't need to wear, you don't need to start buying these masks because we need that for the hospitals and all that stuff. And then it was like a huge 180, like a month or two later, that, hey, you need to start wearing masks and all this stuff. So it's kind of like they were just kind of going along as they went, not really knowing what they're doing. I mean, it's basically government in a nutshell. They know what the hell they're doing, but you know, this is like a prime example of that. Uh, and so, the whole mass thing is just, it's just a really interesting kind of way of looking how, how everything is nowadays, because I mean, and I, I'm sure you've seen this too, where it's like, okay, well the, the vaccine is, is here, but then people are still saying we need to wear your mask even after you get the vaccine. So it's kind of like, well, then what's the point? Like, do I, if I, I thought if I get the vaccine, then that's it. Like I thought I don't, I'm never going to get the COVID or anything like that, you know? Um, so like, so in terms of like being in, in Florida and everything like that, it, it is true. It's, it's from, from someone who, who's not in Florida. I look at Florida and I go, wow, Florida seems like a pretty cool state to be in terms of this whole COVID lockdown stuff, you know, but you're, you're saying that it's still, it is, there is still some of those restrictions and lockdowns. Yeah, I mean, there's not really any lockdowns here. I don't think there's anywhere that's locked down, but they do have, like, mm. the mask stuff. And you will see okay. shit that's, like, socially distanced, but it's not like anyone actually cares. 
I mean, the only place that even in like even when we were in the height of the lockdowns and stuff, the only place that made a big thing about a lot of that stuff was probably Walmart. I think I went Walmart mm-hmm. once in the lockdowns for I don't remember why. I, I, even before all this stuff, I pretty much try to stay away from Walmart because it's just trash. But like, I went in there and I just remember they were like being like really cunty about like you know maintaining your distance and stuff and just. Like I know, I, that, that, I mean, I'm kind of glad a lot of places don't really make a thing about a six foot thing anymore because that, that's just such a pain in the ass. Like yeah. grocery shopping, you're like to try to like literally stay six feet away from people. It just doesn't even like you. You think it sounds easy until you're like in a normal like real world and you're like, uh, well, I need to get around this person that's walking at the speed of death or whatever. You know, like yeah. Um, oh, I totally just completely brain fired where I was going. But <laughs> well, no, like with the six feet, yeah. uh, six feet apart thing. You know yeah. when you're in a you're in the grocery store and you're in you know you're waiting in the check line and there's these people you know okay you're gonna sit right here and then another person standing right here and then you're getting to the part where you're getting into an you're getting into an actual grocery aisle and everyone's just start flowing into the grocery aisle and then you're like oh, there's people in the grocery aisle you gotta move around it's like this is crazy like really we're gonna be living like this like come on yeah so rigs I know I don't know if I mean I'm assuming it's the thing that happened probably most places but I know that even for a while had like the like little like like lanes where they'd be like, you need to go this way in the Oh, other. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the this arrow's way. pointing. This is only one direction. You can only go yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, I never followed that ever. I was just like, <laughs> no, fr- frig you. Like, I'm not I'm not going to go, like, all the way around just to come back. Like, I, I don't know. If you want to make a thing of it, we'll make a thing of it. I'll be like, okay, my bad. But <laughs> yeah. you're going to feel really dumb because this is stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely better here in Florida. But it's still not as good as I'd like it to be, especially, I mean, it does really irritate me having kids and all. They're kind of, like, irritated that this is, like, the world they're growing up in. Because I do take – I don't know if you listen to Vin Armani a lot, but that's one thing he's been going on. That, like, he's – he thinks this is going to be a thing. This is just going to be it going forward. And I think he's kind of right. Yeah. In some extent. I think in some places it will and some places it won't. Like, for example, here in Florida, I actually feel like I kind of feel that culture slowly dying. Like, at least in the rural areas. And there's some of the more, like, corporate or urban areas. It's just a thing. Yeah. But even then, it's like it's kind of loosely a thing. But in the rural areas, not a thing at all. So I, I do think it's going to be – I think it will be kind of just some places it is, some places it isn't, which is kind of interesting going forward. Like how is this going to manifest later, which yeah. is like a big thing. I went through the whole like gentleman – like when I had my uh, talk with gentleman the other day, uh, I went to like, manifest here in the future. And we kind of like we're going into how there's going to be more of a divide before, between the urban and the rural type you know, situations. And I think that while it is a silly thing, mass, I think it does kind of really indicative of like how that's going to be kind of deal. So. Yeah. And it's, it's just another way for them to divide the people, you know, like I was saying before with the whole mask versus anti-mask debate. Now it's like, well, if you didn't wear a mask, then I can't be your friend or something like that. I mean, it's just another thing for them to hate each other about. And it's just, you know, I mean, the whole COVID thing is this, this whole thing now and everyone has to make it part of their life and, I mean, it, it's kind of sad, you know, to think about it. But also, I do think that there is definitely a point there where people are just going to be, yeah, it's just part of the the fashion now. I mean, you saw masks coming out where you know all these corporations were kind of with their own branded mask, you know, having their logo on the mask or whatever like that, and selling them. And it's just like, like I guess we're selling masks. I mean, maybe in a way you can kind of understand because, oh, well, I guess this is a thing, so we might as well market off of it or, you know, get some money off of it, right? Uh, so, yeah, it is kind of um, kind of crazy to think that that's possibly going to be the thing. Um, but also, 
going along with like Biden becoming the president and you've seen these politicians like uh, like Cuomo had some statement or so saying like, oh, maybe we should, you know, we need to open these businesses back up in the economy. And then what's her name? Chicago Mayor uh, Lightfoot or whatever saying like, you know, I think we need to open these businesses back up. It's like, oh, now you're saying that. Like people have been pounding on you forever about this. And now you're like, hey, you know what? I think the economy needs to be back open. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like they're getting to a point where, I mean, if I was to go crazy conspiracy minded, I'd almost be like the elite are just testing what they can get away with. Yeah. So it's like, like for example, like uh, the whole capital thing that re- happened recently, the, the, the capital insurrection or where the fuck, but like we, they were all the, the left is freaking the fuck out about this capital thing. Cause we, because att- like, not we, but because they went after their, their precious cathedral, yeah. but you, we had like months of riots and it's like, you like, are you, are you just expecting that we just did not like see what just happened? Like it it, is the same thing with that, where it's like with the whole Cuomo, like being like, I think we need to reopen. It's like, do you think we forgot your stance for the past, like almost year? Like it, it is almost like they're just trying to see what they can get away with. And the scary thing is I think they're kind of getting away with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to some extent. I mean, that, like, that's a concept I've had going forward that I think that we're going to see going for the next like, decade. be really interesting how things manifest. And uh, I think that a lot of that kind of plays into it. I think we're going to have more more of a divide. But I think with that divide, we're going to get more more freedom in certain areas, more statism in others. So it's like more just like what part of that divide are you going to fall down on kind of deal. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, because also with their 180 on how they feel about the businesses and, and all the lockdowns and everything like that, you know, they've been saying, Oh, cause like they've been hounding on this, like, Oh, the case, the case numbers are going up and it's really terrible out there. But now they're saying the businesses should open back up. So it's like, so it's like you're obviously saying, or you're not really believing what you're saying, or you know, it's bullshit, but you just don't care. You know, like you don't really care, you know? And so some of it is kind of frustrating when you go, okay, so you say it's, you know, you got to trust the science and Hey, the science says this, Hey, you have to wear a mask or you're going to die from COVID or something like that. And it's like, I think, well, oh, yeah, sorry to me. Oh, yeah, I, I vaguely remember. I don't remember exactly the whole specifics, but, and, and when it was, but I do remember there was this thing where they leaked. Uh, I don't know if they actually leaked the physical call or if they just the, the transcript, but I remember, I think it was Cuomo himself who was like talking to like some Jewish leaders within the, uh, within the, like the community there. And like, cause I guess he'd been getting shitty with them because they were like doing some of their religious stuff and like, weren't really regarding the rules. And he was kind of like, he basically literally was like, Hey guys, I know this is all bullshit, but people are scared. So we gotta, we gotta do this stuff. And it was just, it's just very telling where they're at. It's like, they're just doing stuff because it's like, it's not actually what's best for people. It's just because it's like, well, we're, we, people are scared. So we gotta, we gotta do all this authoritarian bullshit because people are scared. You know, like I'm not a minarchist, but throw out the constitution. People are scared. <laughs> we also see like the when the New Year's the New Year's thing was happening and Bill de Blasio is dancing with his wife, you know, having a good time, and nobody else was there. So it's kind of like, okay, so you're basically having a party by yourself and you're telling people, well, you can't celebrate New Year's in Times Square this year because of COVID. But I can because I'm married to Blasio and I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it feels. Animal farm right there. Yeah. You know, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. Right. It's it's like, you know, Carlin saying it's a, you know, 
it's, it's a big it's a big party and you're not in it you know that it's type of thing club and you're not in it yeah yeah big club, there you go. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, it's a it's a wild shit, and it's just like that's what I'm saying. I think it's gonna be really interesting thing, seeing how this goes forward. Uh, I think we actually talked about it a little bit in our episode, but I've become like, in a sense, more collapsitarian with all this stuff mm-hmm. just because I have children, and I'm like, I just want to just, like go to shit already because I generally the way history works with every dip you have a you know it comes back up, and, and that's the same thing with economics. So it's like I'd rather just go complete utter shit. That way, my kids have some hope of like having a decent life as opposed to dealing with this shit in their adulthood. But I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Cause they are really overplaying their hand, but I, I don't know if it was you or me and gentlemen that were talking about if, if, if they're overplaying their hand, but we don't react then it's not really overplaying their hand. It's an adequate amount of playing their hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like well, we say they're overplaying their hand, but if we don't do anything about it, it's not really, it's, it's just the right amount of playing their hand. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you were saying before that they're trying to see how much they can get away with. I mean, they, I mean, if that's like the test, I mean, they've been testing the citizenry for since what? I don't know when, how long, how long has America been around? I'm like almost 250, 300 years now. They've been testing America or the citizens forever since the conception of, of America, whatever, you know, right and whiskey rebellion. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and also like, you know, go, talking about the capital thing, whatever. I mean, people are like, oh, the precious capital was was the, you know, rampage, whatever. And I'm just like, well, that's pretty hilarious because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it is sad that there have, that there were people that, that died from that. And it's, it's always a tragedy when, when, when deaths involved, but you can't honestly tell me that that was some kind of like insurrection or coup because, you know, these are the same people that say, well, you know, Donald Trump was, was uh, voted in only because of Russia and Vladimir Putin helped him out. But then we really look more into it, uh, you know, and, and maybe it is because they basically kind of painted Donald Trump into a corner to be like, well, if you do do some good, that, that's actually good for America with Russia. Well, that basically proves you are a Russian puppet. So instead, he has to be really hostile towards Russia. I mean, if you do look into it, that's basically the mentality and kind of the action with the Trump administration towards Russia has been pretty bad. And, you know, but if you tell people that that thinks Russia, 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 and all that stuff. They're thinking you're a conspiracy theorist, whatever like that. But I can literally show you articles basically showing you all this, all this evidence to tell you otherwise. But they're like, eh, whatever. He got nominated because of, or he became president because of Russia and all those stupid Facebook ads, whatever, which doesn't even make any sense. If, like, I didn't even realize Facebook ads had that much of an influence. I mean, shit, that's news to me. No, as time went on, they kind of totally showed that, like, the, what they were talking about was so like infinitesimally small, it would have made like almost no difference at all. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was complete and utter silliness. And it's, it is just so hypocritical just with every little thing that they freak out about. It's like, it's like you're, you guys are like 10 times worse about it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You kind of brought up the whole capital thing. Like me and like to reference my episode with gentlemen, we kind of went into like a political violence like earlier too. And we kind of were like, went into the whole idea of like, I know me watching that, I was kind of like, fuck yes, in a sense. Yeah. The time I was like, I don't think it's going to work out well for them. But like, because we were going, like, one thing we talked about is that pretty much any violence against the state is merited because the state by itself is violence. Right. Like morally merited. But now is it like smart? Almost never. No, You're, it's probably going to backfire. So like, it's the same idea. Like I brought up a, a, a thing that happened, I think in the past year, there was a, guy got pulled over by the cops and they were like messing with him. And uh, I, I want to see like drugs on him or something. And that's why he didn't want to 
get out of the car, but they kept like wanting to get out of the car. You, you watch the videos being perfectly polite and it was like, sir, leave me alone. Like I didn't do anything wrong. You guys are doing me, whatever. And they like, them. And then they finally like yanked him out of the car and then he pulled his gun and killed both of them. And it was like, and I know there was a whole lot of pearl clutching that happened, but me coming from like being like an ANCAP, I was like, that is perfectly morally justified. But was it smart? Would I have done it? Hell no. Because that dude's going to rot in prison the rest of his life. And that was kind of the same idea with the Capitol building. With like, I think they were perfectly morally justified in a sense for what they were doing. But it was very dumb. <laughs> like, it's not going to work out well for them. And that's completely backfired on the conservatives. Like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and another thing too about that is now they can and, and we've already seen that with how they've been talking with all this like you know second impeachment of donald trump and you know moving forward you know healing this nation or whatever like that according to joe biden which is hilarious him saying that that's gonna be great let's see let's really see how he's gonna heal this nation we'll see um but then they're already using the the capital raid as this oh man the january 6th is this terrible day he's gonna live in infamy and everything like that and you, you already know it's going to be – I mean, I guess you can compare it to 9-11 in, in the fact that they're going to be going to that date and that incident as, well, this is our reason why we're going to take more of your freedoms away because we don't want – I mean, you see how they're they're guarding all the uh, – like DC because of the impeachment. They're trying to guard as, as heavily guarded as they can possibly get it. What, what is it, like 20,000 troops or something like that last I read? I'm like 20,000 troops in DC. Like what? kind of crazy like what is the what are they like in afghanistan or something like that or whatever it is it's like man this is crazy I can't this even... be, sorry this may be a silly aside but have you ever seen that office meme where it's like uh but it's like a world war ii thing and it's like uh it's like japan and it's like well why, did, why didn't you do this to germany like uh, they they did all this and this and this and they're like well they didn't fuck with our boats <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was somebody, it's like this is literally the exact same scenario but it's like the it's like the right being like, well, why didn't you do this to the left? They, they rioted for months. It's like, well, they didn't fuck with our building. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it also, it also kind of shows you, too, that when private property is damaged, when businesses are in flames and destroyed, you know, they'll, they'll just kind of sit back and just be like, well, I mean, it was mostly peaceful. You know, I mean, you see those, those videos where CNN or MSNBC or whatever, it's like, you know, oh, you know. Other than maybe a couple of incidents of violence, it wasn't that bad. But then right behind it was like a freaking massive building and flames behind them. You're just like, dude, like literally turn around. <laughs> like turn around. Like what are you talking about? This doesn't even make any sense. No, yeah, it's it's, it's a wild time to be alive because that's what I'm kind of getting at. It's like if there was some grand conspiracy, this would be the the, the social experiment where they were like how – how much will these sheep take before they do anything? Oh, this much, this much, this much. All right, go ahead and roll out the gun control. You know, like yeah. I was listening to somebody today. Actually, I think it was Dave Smith's appearance in uh, Tim Pool, and it was they were doing that. Like you know, people always say like, oh, if they ever come for our guns, it'll be a civil war. And like even me, like I kind of always like believe that. I don't have a lot of faith in the American people, and even now I'm kind of like, I don't know. I think they probably wouldn't do shit. Like I, I genuinely think they could probably do door to door and like. Maybe not door to door. That might be overstepping it. Because even then, like I was kind of getting to you earlier, there's that urban-rural divide. I don't think that'd fly in the rural areas. Urban urban areas? Yep. I think that'd be just fine. You know, like, I think that the American people probably wouldn't do shit at this point. I mean, you kind of, it's almost like that, like, you allow them to comprom you compromise a little bit. And it's kind of like now you have no ground to stand on. Because yeah. it's like, 
reason why they, I feel like a lot of the, like, especially the constitutionalist pushback area type is because this, this like lockdowns and that stuff was like such a gray area where it's like the second amendment. They're like, well, that's the second amendment and that's our fucking guns. But with like lockdowns, it's just like, there's no like amendment for lockdowns necessarily. You probably could, I mean, maybe there is like one you could tie it into, but it's like for them, it's not clear cut or it's user friendly or, you know what I mean? So, and, but, but once you've given that little bit of ground, now it's kind of like, well, this is not as much to swallow, you know? Well, that's why you can't, you can't take them seriously when they talk about all that stuff. Because, it, like, if, okay, so if, this, if the Constitution was going to do anything, then, then why why did they stop it? Because you see Democrats say, well, the con- you know, constitutional, blah, blah, blah. And then Republicans do the same thing. It's like, well, both of you think the Constitution is 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 all is whatever you think it is. Everybody has their interpretation of what the Constitution is. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, how, or I don't even know. You know, it's like reading a book. Everybody interprets when they read some the same book. Five people will interpret that book differently. So, and plus, and I know this was mentioned before, you know, if you read No Trees by Lysander Spooner, it's like, well, that, that constitution was done for that period. So are you going to tell me that the constitution is still good? And, and I know like, I know some of the, the like, some of the conservatives will, will also kind of get kind of mad when they hear this because, it, you know, when they hear um, the people who hate guns, they go, well, the second amendment was made when, you know, the constitution was made in 1776. And it was only when, you know, there was only muskets and everything like that. But it's like, well, I mean, they kind of have a point because it was when there were only muskets. But then at the same time, it was just for that particular time period. You know, that's why they kept making amendments. They, okay, well, this amendment's for this time. Now this amendment's for this time. But I didn't sign. I didn't sign anything about that. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a. There's no contract that says I agree to the Constitution, so yeah. it, it shouldn't apply to me. And and people don't get to sign contracts on my behalf unless I delegate that authority to them. You know, like there's just like, yeah, no, uh, no treason for anyone listening. Go check that shit out, especially if you have some delusion that the Constitution means a goddamn thing. It'll uh, it'll dispel that real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spooner was a hell of a guy. But once I read that book, I went and read all his work because he was he was a really interesting fellow. Like he just like he had his like spat with a post office and all sorts. Yeah. Of shit. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to get into more of his work. Like no treason is the, is the one that I've I've read and, and heard the audiobook for too. But yeah, I definitely need to look into more of his work for sure. I would say though, the no treason is his best book in my opinion. So yeah. there's a reason why it's the most famous. But his yeah. other books are great too, and it like also just fun learning about his life because it's like like I know there was one thing that I read that was like his political essays and letters and stuff, and it was just kind of interesting learning about him because he. He was uh, really an anarchist through and through. He just was not about the state. <laughs> like, yeah. He tried to comp- create a competing uh, market with the post office, and he actually kind of did, but then they put him out of business because mm-hmm. the state does. <laughs> it was just, uh, yeah, he was an interesting fellow. Yeah. So, and I do, I also liked how he was a conundrum to at least to a normie in that he was, he believed that South should have been able to secede, but he was also a, a abolitionist to the nth degree. Like, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure I might be t- I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like heavily implied. Like I don't think it was ever confirmed, but it's heavily implied. He probably really like he su- tried to supply guns to slaves so they could kill their masters. So like he was not about that shit. So like he was wow. not about slavery. Like he he was he was a man of action and he meant what he said. So, yeah, interesting fellow for sure. But yeah, and he was also I think he was a lawyer. So that's where like when you read No Treason, it's like a it's like a steel. It's like a steal what's the word i'm looking for like a, a f- foolproof like argument against why the constitution is nonsense yeah it's basically being like people don't get a signed contract for you 
even then, like, especially people from decades past, you know, centuries past at this point. But yeah, we're going on a whole tangent here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, kind of going back to um, the, the liberty movement and everything like that, can you talk about some of the like positive aspects in terms of like for the future of the liberty movement and, and not just a group, but like, I guess, cause I know some people don't really like the term the liberty movement, but that's kind of what most people associate that term with. So I'm going to say it, but like, what do you like kind of see in terms of the liberty movement moving forward? Oh, uh, just to back up. That was actually intentional that we picked that name. I know it was kind of like hokey. Yeah. We were, like I said, we were kind of trying to play leftist games while being principled because like, that was a big thing. Like if you know, say for example, black lives matter. Like, do you know, do you remember all the times where people be like, oh, well, that's, that's the movement, not, not the fucking, not the organization or vice versa, you know? And it was like, it was kind of like perfect, like obfuscated it. And that was kind of like we were playing off of is like that you can utilize that energy. And we, I'd also like read Edward Bernays' propaganda around that time. And it was kind of like, why not use this power for good kind of, kind of shit, you know? And uh, yeah, no, that, that was completely intentional that we did that because I mean, how often do you hear someone say the Liberty Movement? Like, damn near every Libertarian podcast I listen to, they say the Liberty Movement at some point. So it's yeah. like, why not utilize that energy? Um, but yeah, no, uh, going forward, I I mean, I mean, this is something I've talked about a few times. I think there are a lot of opportunities. I mean, this is me not, not talking specifically about the group, which I think that's a part of it, and I hope it does well. We'll see. Uh, I mean, like this, what I'm doing right now is kind of a an offshoot of it as well. Um, but I see, I'm kind of, uh, this is one thing I've talked about a lot. I was black pilled at the beginning and I'm, I, I feel like I'm white pilled now. And part of that was because the black pill got me ready, but also through thinking I'm kind of white pilled. I think, I think if you put yourself in the right spot, you can be in a good spot going forward. I think like I was implying, and I mean, I guess I'll go into this a little bit. I like, I know a lot of people don't know about like the great reset 2030 kind of shit. Like that's a little bit of conspiracy mind stuff, but they've been talking about how like going forward in the like next decade, that they're going to kind of create these like smart cities and they're going to kind of like, and I think that's probably a good indication of where things are going to go. I think they're going to really state is really going to start cracking down power in these urban areas, but I think they're just not going to be able to do that in the urban in the rural areas. So I think it's going to create more of a divide. And I feel like it's really reminiscent of a book I read uh, against the grain by James C. Scott and how we talked about how the first States were, were started and he, they were like started around the advent of agriculture and he goes into big into that how like they, the state like utilized agriculture to kind of like thrive off of because they were able to like tax tax easier when agriculture came along but he goes big into how there were actually societies on the outskirts of these like fertile areas that the state they put their presence in and these were like your anarchist or like tribe societies you know almost like i guess you could say minarchist kind of and they and he was going to have like in fossil records and just like you know historical records show that these guys probably actually had better standards of lives than the people in the states because they like for example like if like especially early agriculture was not a healthy way to live because you were very much like restricting your diet to like a lot of wheats and stuff and like and even the animals you did have were like very restricted whereas the people in the outskirts were foraging they were hunting they were having like a very diverse diet i mean it just from everything showed that they had they had probably a better standard of life. And I think we're kind of history might repeat itself and uh, have that happen kind of all over again in a different way. And I think it'll be kind of interesting to see that. Cause I think there's going to be a big divide between rural urban and rural going forward. It's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. We saw a lot of the reading I've had that also kind of goes into a lot of stuff. Konkin wrote about with his at like his idea of an agorist revolution, how that the state would start where they're, 
would start asserting its power to more of a smaller location where it may seemingly be like they have more power, but they're exerting their power over a smaller area. So in a sense, they kind of have less power. So I think it's more about asserting you or putting you and your, especially your, your, you know, your like future generations to be in a spot where you will not be under that influence. If you can put your in, like, I would say, get the fuck out of the cities. If you're in the city, you should really be making plans to get out personally, or at least the States like say like Florida, where even in the city areas, it's not as bad. So like, because I do think there's going to be a big, big divide between urban and rural. So I think you need to get out of there because I think especially for years to come, it's going to, it's going to, it's, it's going to be like, yeah, I think it's, that's going to be a thing, but I think it's just about putting yourself in the right spots. And yeah, because I think we're going to kind of see, yeah, I kind of rambled up, but I think I got the idea across and I kind of lost my train of thought there, but yeah, I, I do think it's positive going forward. If you take the right steps, you know, fortune favors are prepared. So, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that's a, a good way to, to end it. Um, yeah. So you want to let people know where, where they can find your stuff and uh, go ahead and plug away. Yeah. I got the No Way Jose YouTube channel. Uh, go check that out. Um, also, I got that, that, that podcast is on pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found. So, you know, um, I'm sure we'll probably put in the, he'll probably put in the video description if you want to go find the specific links for every one of those. Um, I also am on the Liberty Movement YouTube channel. Um, and with the catch of that is that it's, that's only going to have my, um, my, uh, cultural non-political content, which is probably about half my content, if not more. I only recently branched out and started doing a little bit more political stuff, um, and current events type stuff. Uh, you can also, that's also on BitChute as well. Go check out the Liberty Movement group. Uh, it's on Facebook. It's on, uh, MeWe. Uh, we also got like merch if you want, if you want to check that out. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh yeah, if you want to ever hit me up, hit me up at thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. Oh, I've also been wanting to get input. So if any of you guys are tech people, go check out endthefed.app. Let me know what you think. It's someone I've been given an offer to promote. I really like the concept of it. It's just, I'm not a tech guy, so I'd like to get some input from you guys before I move forward. And yeah, that's about uh, all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jose, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I had fun with our episode, too. I don't even really mention it. We had you on the other day no. uh, to talk about fatherhood because you are uh, you got you got a little fuck trophy on the way. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, you know, for me, you can follow me at Shane Scoff. That's pretty much probably, you know, any social media. That's where you're going to find me to search my name. And you're I'm sure I'll be there somewhere. I don't know. Um, but also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and then our Facebook page. Um, and also, if you want to support us, you can go support us over on Patreon. I have a Patreon page. Uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate everyone's support all through the whole beginning of the show to now and hopefully it continues. Um, so, again, thanks, Jose, for coming on. And to everyone listening and watching, we will see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.